Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Gateway brought to you by the Northern Illinois University College of Business where your future is without boundaries and our approach is to. I am joined as always with my incredible co-host Dr. Biagio Palese. Hello Biagio! Ciao a tutti! Welcome, welcome to another great episode. For this episode, technology and storytelling. The Gateway is excited to be talking to James Moore, a brilliant individual with decades of technological and analytical experiences. With a degree in chemical engineering from North Carolina State University, he built a long-standing career as an industrial engineer and a commissioned U.S. Air Force officer. While Moore became an expert, he was also able to broaden his horizon and pursue storytelling starting in 2014. Since then, Moore has written two novellas, two feature-length screenplays, and dozens of short film scripts and short stories. Moore is a perfect mixture of the creative and technological pursuits. James, welcome to The Gateway. It's a pleasure to have you today. Thanks. I really appreciate you letting me be on today. Oh, we are we are thrilled. I know I'm I'm very excited to talk to you. And and normally we want to start these conversations kind of at the beginning. So if you don't mind, can you give me kind of a little bit of a a background of who you are and, and where you are and, and how you got to kind of where you are today with everything you're doing? Okay, well, going into cocktail party mode. Um, <laughs> my, my name is James Moore. I'm 56 years old, living in Virginia Beach. I um, was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, was trained by nuns in Catholic school. And, um, you know, my family moved when I was 14 to Greensboro, North Carolina. I got really involved in science and math in high school, I seem to have an affinity for that sort of thing and shied away from things that were like, you know, English and history, didn't appreciate it at the time and got deeply involved in RTC and managed to earn a scholarship and go to NC State and majoring in chemical engineering. So that means I have a chemical engineering degree with very low mileage. It's up for grabs. Anybody give me an <laughs> offer, they can have it. <laughs> and um, after that, um, I did a little stint in the United States Air Force for, I planned for 30 years, they gave me four years, and they had a reduction in force. So they asked a lot of officers to leave, and I was one of them. I see. So after that, um, I had to do a pivot, plan out the rest of my life, ended up in getting in, into IT. Um, long story short, I worked in IT for a little while, ended up moving to Virginia Beach, where we are right now. And um, at one point in my life, I just was tired of IT. I, you know, I, not that it, I didn't appreciate it. I was, I'm getting paid well in IT, still work in IT, but I wanted to do something along the lines of storytelling. I've always loved movies. I've always loved reading, reading plays, reading stories, something that I 
inherited and was encouraged from my mom specifically, mm-hmm. who loves reading his stories herself. And I got involved with um, a couple of groups to start writing scripts and doing some movie making. And that kind of gets us to uh, fast forward to where I am right now without too much detail. <laughs> that That is an absolutely amazing story, whether you uh, intended to write it like that or not, but that was a riveting and, and I absolutely love that stuff. So I want to I wanna get a perspective on kind of who you are as a writer and, and as a creator on that side of things. So when you are looking at writing some of your, your short stories, your scripts and all of that stuff, where do you tend to get your inspiration from? Well... I have, there's a number of sources for inspiration. And uh, at the top of the list is my wife, Donna. Now, I was fortunate enough to to marry an ideal woman. (laughs) And the ideal woman, and this is not a knock on the wife, you know, I I wouldn't be half the man I am without her. Mm -hmm. But she'll run into something interesting and say, you know, James, you should write a story on that. (laughs) And uh, that's where some of the ideas come from. But what I've built up over the past couple of years is a, um, an idea book. And when I was in my writer's group, just starting out thinking that I was going to write the great American novel, somebody gave me the idea of, you know, you need to keep a book by your bedside or carry with you all the time. And as ideas pop into your head for book ideas, story ideas, just put them in there. So now I have, um, I have three different files, actually. I have script ideas, story ideas, and short story ideas that I keep in my phone. Everybody keeps their phone with them 24-7 wherever they go. Right. And I have these three files in the cloud. And the goal is to have so many ideas. I, those, these ideas are going to outlive me. I'm not going to live long enough to pursue all of these. But every time something pops into my hand, I just write it down. And when we're looking for another project, me and my production partner, whose name is Charles Townsend, I usually go to one of those lists and say, hey, maybe we can make this story doable because we have to make it doable considering our budget, Mm -hmm. which is usually zero or close to zero. (laughs) Yes, sir. Now, that has to be a a, a unique perspective because I think... I think to to the lay person when it comes to the the creating the writing process, making movies, doing scripts, any of those things, um, we have a, a perspective of what it's like when you have a, a half a billion dollars to make the big blockbuster and all of that stuff. But but what's that experience like when you when you're maybe working on a play or a script or something like that with a kind of a little bit of a smaller budget or even none and 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 still creating something. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, one thing I do want to hit upon to, that's going to be the segue into that answer <laughs> is how I got into the idea of making a movie in the first place. Please, because, yes. Yes, I was taking a writer seminar and it was a screenwriting seminar. And I had aspirations of saying, okay, I'm going to write this great screenplay and somebody's going to give me half a million dollars and that's going to be my new job. <laughs> but in the seminar, the guy that was leading the seminar said something that absolutely blew my mind at the time. Right now, it doesn't sound mind-blowing, but it was mind-blowing for me at the time. He said, if you want to write scripts, if you want to write screenplays, 
you have to make a movie. You don't have a choice. You have to make a movie, which mm. the the top of my head just went spinning off into space because I was thinking to myself up until then, there's no way I can make a movie, you know? Right. And it's going to be on the screen. But <laughs> what he said right after that, put it into play for me. He said, make sure you know, you can't write Star Wars. You can't make Star Wars, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't have your opening scene when you write the script out in the middle of an ocean because you don't have that. <laughs> write mm-hmm. what you can write what you can do, make a movie, go from beginning and middle to end, get that experience and make another movie after that and another movie after that and another movie after that. So you know what you're asking people to do when you write it down. Awesome. Yeah. So now to answer your question about what's it like to do that. My experience has been, there's no other word for it. It's been God intervention, amazing. The people, <laughs> the people I've been able to interact with, the level of professionalism and talent that people will just come to us and want to work with us for a slice of pizza wow. or, or a drink of water, you know, during, you know, being on set. It's amazing that the, the level of, acting talent that's out there, people that just love their craft, love what they do, want something for their demo reel, and they're willing to look at a a good script and say, let's do this and work, you know, maybe 10 or 12 hour day to get something, you know, on the screen. So my experience with this has been, I feel like I'm getting away with murder almost. I mean, what this other shoe is going to drop, somebody's going to come and arrest me and say, no, you can't do this anymore. This is too good for you. But um, <laughs> the, 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 there's some things that we keep in mind. Number one, you got to take good care of your people, treat them with respect. And these sound like basics, right? But right. I've heard from other talent out there that they don't get that respect sometimes. They'll go on to a paying job and they'll act their heart out They'll ask for something 30 seconds for their own demo reel and they'll never get it. Wow. And that's that was just astonishing to me. We make an effort to put anything together that the people want that we work with because we want to work with them again. Right. So the experience, you you have to you have to be on your toes, you have to be flexible, you have to know that what you imagine when you're going through the what if session with your production partner, what if we did this, what if we did that, what if the story did this, you're going to have to be flexible to know that it might not come out exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But you can still get your story told. You're going to have to, you're going to have to beg, you're going to have to depend on the kindness of strangers. And so far, I'm knocking on what now so far, mm-hmm. people generally come through, you go to a business owner and say, hey, we'd like to shoot in your restaurant. And in one case, I had the person say, oh, here's the keys to my restaurant. I'm closed on Sundays. It's your restaurant for Sunday. <laughs> you know? Wow. And, and it's, it, it just blew my mind that just off of a recommendation, somebody said, oh, I trust you with the keys to my business. And we were able to shoot in there. Wow. James, that sounds like a really interesting and kind of invigorating lifestyle, or at least, you know, creative process to, to experience with people. Now, uh, I, I would 
I want to I want to talk a little bit about the technical side of things because um when when you say make movie and all of that stuff I I'm thinking a, a very large undertaking when it comes to kind of the front end stuff with with big cameras and money and all of that stuff and without you divulging too much what does your production kind of setup look like what do you traditionally do to to even get something on the screen well again that's a, a great question okay the understanding of what we're doing the um you know, part of how I've been blessed over the last couple of years was to get associated with, I think I mentioned him earlier, Charles Townsend. Now, mm -hmm. the way we met, I was at the point where I wanted, I didn't even want to write scripts at that point. I just wanted to be involved in the process of making a movie. So I, see. I went to, I went to the, the all powerful internet, found meetup, <laughs> I found a meetup group. I said, oh, we're a bunch of people that make movies. I said, great. I can show up to this place, tell them I'm willing to sweep the floors, wash the windows, whatever, as long as I'm just around the people making a movie, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I meet up at this group and they're saying, okay, the people that want to write, get on this side of the table, people that want to direct and act, that sort of thing, you know, they put us at different tables. And at the second meeting of this group, I met, Charles Townsend. And in his opinion, this is going to sound like me bragging, but this is his opinion. Um, we turned in our scripts, the five or six people that wanted to write, and he took me to the side at our own table. And he says, uh, you have the only thing that's doable. It makes sense here. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's do your, let's do your thing. And I said, okay, fine. And from that day, I have been working with Charles Townsend who was basically looking for in the group, he has the equipment, he has the skill to write, he has the skill to direct, he has the skill to do film editing, sound editing. This The guy is kind of a savant. You probably want right. to interview him next. But, uh, <laughs> but um, fortunately, my contribution is to, uh, he wanted to take some of the weight off of himself in the writing department. He said, I need somebody else to come up with these stories. Um, think of interesting things for us to do. And I'm doing that with him. So fortunately, Charles has got all of the film, filming equipment and experience with lighting, the equipment for the lighting, the equipment for the sound, because of ventures that he were involved, he was involved in up until that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're fortunate to have he had and he got this equipment over time. So it wasn't a big extravagance that he paid for all at once very cool and, yes. and it sounds like it, you you two just meshed really well together and, and have been working ever since yes uh, charles is a friend of mine i gotta say and <laughs> and i've seen him in action not just appreciating his talent as a director but the way he treats the talent mm -hmm. like you know like i think we should also he's a kind person he can get what he wants out of somebody without being a bully you know that's not his nature so it's it's just a, a pleasure to have a partner to work with and um, have the opportunity to, you know, make these movies. I truly do not understand why people are messing around with with crack alcohol when they can make a movie and see their name on the screen. It's the same high. <laughs> we will we will spread that around. We need to make more movies. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <different. laughs> um, now, Jay, 
go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing your journey, and this is super interesting, and I think inspiring for many of our listeners. They are mainly students. Um, I think one one of the points that you are making uh, is, you know, you, you you enter this business basically by using the internet, and and I'm sure like back in the days wasn't like that. People were dreaming to just go Hollywood and and take their route of that. That was probably the the most uh, used route. Uh, what what is the what technology or how technology plays? Um, what is the role of technology in for you, like to find talent or even to to make your script available to other people and just to find the next collaboration? Excellent. The way we use technology for that now, we, we're using all of these avenues that if you had told me even 20 years ago, let alone when I was a kid, if you went to me when I was a kid and said, you know, you can just start up your own radio show. Mm-hmm. which is now what we call a podcast. If you, you can come yeah. up with your own TV show, do your own TV series, you know, you'll be able to have, have your camera in your hand that also, you know, allows you to make phone calls and you can, <laughs> you can put it up for free on a site. And if it enough, if enough people see it, they will come and try to give money to you. That would have been mind blowing. <laughs> so yes, that's how we're using the internet to, to get noticed, to be able to interact with other people who are interested in our craft, to be able to collaborate on things. And it also gives us the ability to do this long distance, you know, because yeah. some of the people that I work with or written with um, worked on a project, they'll be in another country, they'll be on the other side of the ocean. I worked on one script the only the to date the only script i've actually gotten paid for the only thing that allows me to be a a professional uh was a a man who is in europe he wrote a short story and i was um i turned it into a script and this guy's on the other side of the atlantic ocean and i'm here but he was involved in the movie making process so the the internet the the ease of information uh, being being able to move information around, satellite technology, and that's all um, been as part of our uh, the tools that we get projects done. And uh, I kind of have a follow up question uh, on this is because like uh, we we are hearing now and more and more the terms like creators economy and and I think is. It will become more popular as people realize that, you know, if you have a talent, uh, there are the capabilities right now to, like, you don't have to found your own company. There are, like, tools and uh, platforms that enables you to pretty much run your own, uh, becoming a solopreneur, right? Uh, how do you see this trend uh, in in your specific field? Like, do you see people, like, saying, oh, okay, I'm going to quit my job and, you know, start in writing uh, a novel, or I'm gonna quit my job and start writing script for movies. Or do you still think that uh, I don't know? People think that it's not not a, uh, an industry that is open to that kind of things. Well, right now, and this is just my opinion from my experience in interacting with people. I think that the 
the way people think about how movies are made or what they see on TV, you know, how does it get done? The assumptions that they make in their head. The, um, the problem I think in our industry is that people think that everything they see would be too hard to do themselves. There's no possible way I can make a movie. There's no possible way I'll be able to have the connections to be able to talk to somebody in Hollywood or get something sold to Hulu or Netflix. There's no possible way. That's the way a lot of people think, unfortunately. Okay. And the challenge is to get those people outside of their routine, outside of their little nine to five box of whatever they're doing and realize what is really stopping you, you know? A lot of times, the only thing that's stopping you is inside your own skull, the assumptions that you make saying this is not possible. Now, one of the few, very few things that has been good to come out of the whole COVID environment is that I think a lot of people have discovered that being forced into isolation, forced into looking for new opportunities to say, hey, why am I not doing this that I want to do? but there's not quite enough of that yet. I think we still have to work on encouraging people to just go out and do it. So that's why some of the uh, posts that I put on social media, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, I try to encourage people, if there's something that you desire to do, really examine what is stopping you. Is it the thought that you don't have enough time? If it's important, you'll carve out that time. Is it the thought that you don't have enough money? Well, you might just want to scale things back and start from a, a lower position, you know, rather than do a big movie production, do Star Wars. You can't do Star Wars, but you can do your own backyard. So I hope that that answers your question. Yep, it did. Thank you. James, I, I think that's I think that's a really interesting kind of view about it and really good advice for a lot of people. Just so many times we we can look at ways of not doing things and being, you know, put off by it and finding excuses to to not pursue those dreams. But really at the end of the day, now more than ever, I think we have a lot of flexibility to be able to to pursue those things. Um, but now I, I want to go into just personally what your enjoyment within it is there a, a genre or something that you prefer to to pursue specifically with movies I know I know you're a writer and you cover multiple different ones but within movies for you creating not necessarily watching but like is there some area that you really prefer to to create in that is a question that I am happy happy to answer because <laughs> because it it's it touches upon a subject I really want to get across on my philosophy as far as what I'm doing. And here it is. And it's not one that I've run into on the other side. Not a lot of people have been saying this, but this is how I roll, so to speak. I don't care about genre. I really I do see. not care about genre. When it comes to making up a story or doing a film, in my mind, genre is a non-factor. The art of story is what's most important to me. And the thing is, that story has to be quality. It has to be attractive. It has to give a message, whether you're dealing with a princess or a zombie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
um, often my experience is sometimes princesses can be zombies and sometimes zombies <laughs> can be princesses. So I like, I like, I like both of those things. Um, that is, that is very inspiring and helpful. So um, then with this, as you've kind of gone into it and, and again, I, I admire your, your tenacity and your motivation to, to do this stuff. Was there something um, in your experience that, that you weren't expecting, expecting to be a challenge you, you know I, I think when I go into things like I know okay this is going to be difficult and I need to be ready for this but then when I'm prepared for it, it it doesn't seem as much of a challenge and then there's something I never really thought of that was going to be much more of a challenge uh, have, have you experienced any of those things or is, has has everything been pretty much on par with what you were maybe expecting <laughs> You know, it's almost as if you jumped into my skull and want to know the, the next thing. Um, this this slides right into my experience when I initially wanted to take action on my desire to be a screenwriter because I was watching a movie with a friend. I was kind of bored with what I do after work. After work, I wasn't doing anything, not even playing golf anymore. It's just boring to me. But I do like to watch movies. I was watching a movie with someone. I won't say the name of the movie because I might get sued, but um, <laughs> it, it had a number of stars in it. It was it was done in like the early 80s, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of this movie before and it had a number of stars that I recognized. It was late at night. I said, man, this is going to be a great movie. It has this person in it, that person in it. I know the director. This is going to be awesome. The movie was the most awful thing I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life and it was the it was the train wreck syndrome I gotta see how this ends this is so bad <laughs> I gotta be able to see how it ends and the last 10 minutes of the movie made the first hour and a half look good that's how bad the ending was so wow. after I was done watching that I said to myself someone got paid for that <laughs> So I, you know, I could have done that for half. So I said to myself, I want to write screenplays. I want to tell stories. I want to do that. And if that's what they're accepting, well, then I have a chance. So I said to myself, writing a screenplay right now in my mind is Mount Everest. I'm not ready for Mount Everest. I don't know how to, I don't know the equipment. I don't know how to prepare I can't do Mount Everest, but I can tell a story. I can write it. I can put a story from my brain to paper. That's what a novel is. A novel will be easy. I can write a novel in three months. So 18 months later, <laughs> I'm, I'm finishing up draft number one with sweat on my brow and just so happy to be able to write the end at the end of it and come to the realization that this writing thing is hard, but I, but I loved every minute. So it's, it's kind of a sadistic type thing. It's, it's pain, <laughs> it's torture, it's horrible. It's rewriting, it's rewriting again. It's going to somebody that knows about writing, getting insulted by them, taking what they, that you know is true, what they say, rewriting again and again. And then finally you give birth and you have a finished product, but for at least for me, there's some writers out there they can spit out four or five novels in a year. I don't know how that's done, but they do it. I I can't fathom doing anything like that. But 
the process would be quicker for me now than than you know the first time it's not going to take me 18 months to write a first draft of a book anymore but mm -hmm. that is one example of when i grossly underestimated the effort involved in writing real quickly while you're you're talking about the writing process and and drafting and all of that stuff is it different for you when you're writing a novel than uh like writing a, a script do you i i know the actual like how the words are presented on the page are different and all of that stuff but i mean like the drafting and and kind of going through that stuff is is that a, a dramatic difference for you or is it relatively similar there are many similarities and some um very blatant differences okay okay writing a script in my mind it all has to do with the audience. When you're writing a script, what I have to keep stay mindful of is the fact that I'm not writing to entertain anyone. I'm writing to show somebody the story, how it's going to unfold. Some actor or actress is going to read this and try and make it their own and understand what to do. Some director is going to get this script and as the keeper of the story is responsible for telling that story in a visual way that's gonna make sense and work. Mm -hmm. So that has a, a big effect on how things are written, how things are phrased, um, how much you have to put into it as far as, it's, it's a little bit more technical if you understand what I'm saying. You get mm -hmm. into more detail as to what's going on versus trying to impress somebody and put a picture in their head because putting a picture in their head, that's the director's job, that's the, that's the cinematographer's job director of photography's job, that's not the writer's job. When you write a novel or a short story, it's, it's all on you to put that picture in the reader's head, what's going on, who's talking, what's their attitude, what's their mood, that sort of thing. James, now, now I have a tough question for you. And uh, I mean, I don't know what is gonna be your reaction, but uh, you know, we, we hearing the, the word AI, uh, pretty much every day is, and we have seen what they are capable of doing, what artificial intelligence is capable of doing. And uh, I've seen articles written by AI and algorithm in general. And you, you were talking about all the times that you spend in writing this script. Uh, do you see AI as a threat for, for you or people that are in your uh, industry? Or do you see as a friend or potentially an helper to uh, make your work easier and faster? Ah, that question is kind of loaded, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, there's, there's that argument of, you know, since, since animation has gotten so, so great and at such a level, are we going to even need actors anymore, that sort of thing? Or anybody to write, you know, we got... AI that's going to be able to come up with ideas and be able to write scripts. I think, and this is just James's personal opinion, mm -hmm. that I imagine that maybe there was the same kind of conversation in different fields whenever there's some kind of advancement, whenever there's some way to make life easier or make something smarter. Is this going to hurt somebody, take away their job, that sort of thing? I see AI as a tool. It's gonna to be a monumental tool in being able to do what we already do, bring another side to it, 
besides speculation, we'll be able to actually explore it as it as it develops and matures. So I I know that you preface this by saying it's going to be a I got a tough question for you, and I know that the <laughs> tough part of it is that I'm looking into a crystal ball. There's a crystal ball here, Mark James, and I'm giving a prediction, but I do think that AI is going to be is going to end up being a friend to us if you are serious about your craft, if you know what you're doing, if you can connect with people or want to make that connection with people, it'll be great. I think the mistake that people may make is thinking that I can just use this tool and I don't have to put any more effort into it. It does mm -hmm. all the work I don't have to. That's going to be the downfall of some folks pursuing um, trying to create in this realm. Now, James, believe it or not, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we gonna coexist and co-work together and collaborate uh, with algorithm, even if, you know, it might sound weird. So I'm not like, I'm not look, looking on the, uh, the bright side and the efficiency they create, the effectiveness they can bring, uh, but I'm also looking at the dark side and I can see the potential of human being enhanced by these tools, as you said. So, uh, I just want your opinion on this because I know it's a topic that you know sometimes people say, "Hey, it's gonna take out our jobs," or uh, you know, all the time I invested in this, and you know, it's, it's gonna create it in in an hour, right? And um, that can be a tough when when them, there are a lot of you know streaming channels they're looking for a lot of plays or stuff like that. Um, just wanted to know your opinion, but thank you for your answer. I'm glad you have that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. Now, James, I, as you as you kind of go into this this little bit of a, I would say again a, a broader realm than than maybe your your career background. Do you find yourself um, utilizing some of those elements of your your IT background, your your education, and all that stuff for this, or is it so far different that that there's no real connection or anything like that? Well, I think that a lot of what I do now and. And, you know, going back to that chemical engineering degree that I mentioned before. Yes, sir. Um, if, if you're familiar with engineers or hung out with engineers or had any conversation with engineers, basically we're solution brokers, you know, we're problem mm. solvers. And that's gonna be a plus no matter what venture you go into. If you're, if you're a pastor dealing with sinners, if you're a businessman dealing with customers, if you're a farmer dealing with cows, there's going to be problems that you have to solve. And definitely, if you're going to be a filmmaker, especially independent filmmaker with very little money and a lot of passion, there are going to be problems for you to solve. You're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to be creative. And that's where the training that I have received and um, the nurturing of, you know, some kind of natural talent and problem solving, I get to use that a lot um, on a great number of the projects. I don't know if you had an opportunity to check out some of the movie, you know, the site that I have set up to show, show off some of the movies that we had done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, you know, just about every movie that you saw in there was something that I did write, and the majority of them I produced. And when I say produced, uh, a lot of people don't understand what the producer does in us in the small 
projects like this. The producer makes sure everything happens and they interact with the talent to make sure everybody's on time, everybody's off book, you know, everybody is ready to do their job. So that's going to present challenges and, and problems to solve. And I've been able to use my skills in that social environment, coming from the technical environment to be able to solve problems and be able to look at them in an angle to get the job done. That is very intriguing and, and positive to, to hear about. I, I like I like that you you can kind of bridge that gap between those two things. Then this kind of goes into my next question, and, and specifically with movies, do you have a, a favorite movie? Do you have something that you kind of go to, or, or in this case, I'll even ask it with the genre. Is there a genre that you prefer to to watch and enjoy on that side of things? Hmm. Well, I, as you're asking that question, I'm coming up with like three or four different answers. Um, <laughs> I'll take them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. As far as what I like to watch, um, there's only one genre that I kind of shy away from, not because it's not worthy of storytelling, not that in the least, but it, I haven't really run into anything really good in that genre to hold my attention. And that's um, horror. It, mm -hmm. it seems like a, a lot of horror flicks they invest in trying to frighten me and make me feel uncomfortable rather than tell a story. If gotcha. they could do, if they could do both, then I probably be more of a fan. Now, to be fair, I kind of made this decision on what I want to watch. You know, as when I was a young man, there's a lot of heart, this Texas chainsaw coming out, Freddy's mm -hmm. out. And, and it seems like all they want is shock value. They just want some, something to jump out at the screen off the screen at me, which doesn't entertain me. I grew up in Brooklyn. You got to do more than jump at me with a chainsaw <laughs> than, to, to unsettle me, okay? So um, that's the one genre as far as watching. Now, I have made some movies in that genre in horror and especially working with Charles, who's got a little twisted dark mind of his own, <laughs> that it's actually fun to be able to delve into the dark psyche, the dark part of everyone's psyche, because everybody has it, mm -hmm. and touch upon that, and we end up making a horror flick with a story that not just frightens you, but kind of tells you a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your neighbor, and, and unsettles you in a way that brings about a message. So that's covering what I like to watch and what I like to do. I like to do just about any real story, and watching. I like to watch just about any good story if you bring it to me. But um, one of my favorite movies of all time that I've watched recently, I was told recently is a horror, was listed under horror. And I had to think about it for a minute. I said, yeah, I guess you could call it a horror story. I didn't realize it was listed that way. It's Jaws. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It's something I really didn't think about as a horror flick until somebody mentioned it to me. I said, yeah, you're right about the horror flick, but that's a horror flick that has a deep story in it with a protagonist, an antagonist, something getting in the way of the protagonist. He's got this, you know, kryptonite thing as far as being afraid of the water. We're talking about the chief and how he conquers his fears, conquers the antagonist and gets what he needs in the end. And 
It's a movie that's so well done. The script is so well done. The acting is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I always say in a general sense, because when it comes to movies, it's kind of like with music with me also. I'm not going to pick just one. It depends on my mood that day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one day, Jaws is the best movie ever made. Another day, it's going to be Midway. A move, you know, one of the, the the original Midway, not the one that they redid. That was crap. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, and another day is going to be My Fair Lady. You know, nice. it's going to be Fiddler on the Roof. Another day, it depends. <laughs> yes, sir. That's a that's a really good mix that you even mentioned right there. Some some quality films there. Um, so then the the next thing I want to kind of get into is, is is more of your 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 novels and and your the actual written stories within that stuff is there something that and and maybe this can branch into your movie making so don't let me define it but is there um a goal that you're heading towards something you would like to accomplish in any of the the mediums that you're pursuing within writing yeah that's it's an interesting uh that you bring that up because right now i have a book that's out and it's a it's a, it's a short read. It's a YA mm-hmm. novel. And I fell into that being published almost by accident, you know, because initially I was thinking, okay, I write a, I write a novel and that's going to lead me to being able to have the skills to do a screenplay. So my final goal is to be a working screenwriter that that is able to be able to work on projects, work on other people's projects, or bring ideas to life in a screenplay, something that's going to be done on television or in a movie. But along the way, there's a lot of excitement in having, being a published author and having a book out that's on Amazon for sale. I didn't, I never thought I was going to have that in my life, but here I am. And in other ways, you know, I, decided to dabble in writing short stories because of the people I interacted in my writers in my writers group kind of just as a practice to have a little project maybe it's a thousand words long maybe it's four thousand five thousand words long you submit it to a magazine here and there and just wait for the rejections to come in because it's going to be rejection right but when you get that first oh we like your story we're going to put it in our next <laughs> yeah our next publication there was an unexpected thrill with that too. So it seems like there's these bonus experiences along the way on this ultimate goal that I have. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm at the time in my life where maybe 30 years ago, I would say, okay, this is my path. This is the, this is the way, this is where I want to be. It's, it might be a curvy line, I understand, but this is going to be the goal at the end. Now, I think I have a tiny little bit of wisdom enough to say, okay, this may be my end goal now, but I could change my mind. (laughs) If the novel thing just blew up and somebody says, okay, I want you to write the next one and the next one, and we'll throw bags of money at you for doing this thing that you (laughs) love doing, how can you turn that down? (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody came to you and said, if you love playing ping pong or playing tennis or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, 
pay you to watch TV or something else that you love to do and we'll make it so that you can make a living at it and provide for your future and have a nice place to live, how can you turn that down? Right. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question. It, it totally does, James. That was incredibly insightful, and, and and I like I like that you're enjoying the the process of of doing all of that and just kind of seeing where it, where it takes you. Um, okay, then, and and this is kind of one of my little nerdy side of things in here. Is there um like let's say you have a script, you have a, a novel, whatever, and, and you're ready to turn it into a movie. Is there a, a any time live or dead, is there a director that you would love to to have take on one of your projects? Huh. When you throw in living and dead, you really broaden it out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe maybe you can answer them both. <laughs> just yeah, let's just see where it goes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think it would be fantastic to be able to get into the time machine, the flux capacitor is working, <laughs> and I could write something that Auto Premature wants to have done. Mm. It would be amazing to, to work with that guy because yeah. the, the, the movies that I've seen of his, they, they, he was ahead of his time. He was right. multi-layered. I mean, not to say that everything else was flat, but this guy, things weren't, even though he worked literally in black and white, things weren't black and white, usually the way he told the story. And things would rarely resolve to the end. It was not a Disney happy ending <laughs> to <laughs> the stuff that he did. And to be able to write to write something so that would interest someone like him yeah i would love to be able to see what he did with something that i ran oh that's awesome that is Russ, i have, I have one more question for james and uh, i mean again this 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 might sound a little weird of a fourth connection but um i when i teach my classes i teach like coding and statistics and predictive modelings and uh one of the aspects that i see students um struggling with is the concept of storytelling and uh you know storytelling in my world is about communicating your funding and putting them into uh i would call it a script between quotes that for somebody that is reading the report will say okay this is why he done it uh this is uh, the logic behind it it, it kind of flows nicely and these are the results and okay this is interesting they get, these are my takeaways right and, and to be honest, it's not the coding part that they're struggling the most. It's probably making those transitions, making those connections, and, and putting something in a logical flow. Do you have any advice of how can you improve this storytelling uh, skills or you know, just by doing more and more and getting feedback like, like I did? Well, one thing that I could recommend for, I mean, anyone who wants to do any storytelling is to study a master storyteller. Now, one of my favorites is Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I think that in modern times, Shakespeare doesn't, <laughs> even though it sounds ridiculous, when you talk about Shakespeare, everybody's saying, oh, the greatest writer of all time, whatever. I still think that Shakespeare does not get the props that he deserves. Number one, because people don't realize that probably 
a solid third of the movies that they like or basically Shakespeare's plays redone. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they, don't, they don't understand that because they never studied the master's original stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're still talking about his stuff hundreds and hundreds of years later is because he could key into the art of storytelling and combine that with the understanding of the human condition. When you have mastered those two combinations, people are going to talk about you, you know, 1600 years later. <laughs> so that's what I would recommend. If, if some of these people took a Shakespeare class and didn't like it, or they read some Shakespeare, didn't like it, I would say, you need to give this guy, Billy Shake, another chance. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he, he has, he has a, a mastery of how to structure story how to get an emotional response by telling a story and be able to tap into what motivates people, whether you're watching the play or you're a character in the play. So. Mm. Mm. Okay. That was, that, that was awesome. James. <laughs> I, I, that's, I think that's what we're all looking for, you know, in life is just to kind of be motivated and moved by, by things like that. So um, I, I want to, I want to take kind of the last question is probably the, the easiest question you you're, you're going to receive from us, but it's uh, for anyone who's interested in, in looking at some of your work. And like I said, I did it and it, it's truly incredible what you're accomplishing and, and with your background and, and what you've done, how, how can people kind of find you? How can they look at some of your stuff? Uh, what, what book, all of the good plugs that you want to put out there, it, this is your time now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I would say that the main way for someone to be able to take a look at what I'm doing in different areas, whether it's movie making or the podcast or the blog or whatever, is uh, this incredible thing that I discovered, you know, a few months or a few months ago. The link tree. I think that's what I sent to you. Yes, that's correct. Right. And if you use the link tree, L I N K tr dot double e slash storyteller 6465 i try to keep that up to date and i try to keep that um as a representation of you know what the work that the a sample of the work that i'm doing the, the work that i'm proud of um i'm going to be making some changes very soon because we have a, a film festival that's coming up actually this coming sunday oh wow and it's going to include the premiere of a uh, short feature that um, I wrote and Charles being the keeper of story directed and put together called Kiki Diamond, The Favor. Now, this story is based off of a feature length script that I've written. I've been trying to get attention with and try to sell is the one is the main thing I'm trying to sell. But, you know, of course, I'm trying to develop other scripts, too. But this is the first one that I've gotten polished. I really think I got it polished. And we decided to do something like a 30-minute sizzle reel with the same characters to be able to show people this is what it's going to look like. This is what the story is going to look like if you go forward with this production. If you give us a couple of million dollars, we can do this for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. James, that's exciting. That that'll be a that'll be a fun weekend then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we 
we're totally we, we're really jacked about it um it's a it's going to be a showcase of all the talent that we've been blessed to work with over the past you know a couple of years and if we sell out the venue totally sell it out we will break even money wise because the goal isn't the money right. the goal is in our area of hampton roads in virginia we want to number one make ourselves known to people who appreciate movies and promote that and two build some relationships some people are going to be we're going to be featuring some movies by other makers besides me and charles and show their stuff and talk with them have question and answer and be able to connect with these people maybe collaborate on something down the road we want to build up the industry in our area and get some get some art done and get some messages told uh james i i truly do wish you all of the success for this weekend and all of the success moving forward in your in your movie making career and your writing i, I again i want to thank you so much for your time i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation thank you well, james yeah, thank you for having me. It's it's been a, a real blast, and uh, you know, maybe someday down the road, you'll be able, I'll be able to uh, grace the your podcast again. Please, please, we'd love to have you. And uh, for all of us, I'll be looking forward to the day when I can go buy a ticket on the on the big screen and and see James Moore flash up there and and know that you got paid for all of the work that you put into it. So thank you again, James. All right, thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Gateway brought to you by NIU's College of Business. Please make sure to subscribe to The Gateway. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. And if you are so inclined, please feel free to give us those five-star ratings, which help allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests to the gateway. Thank you all for listening, and remember to love always the promise of tomorrow today.